Our guest in just a minute is somebody who, listen to this, she spent her career in radio and the records industry. At least that's what we used to call it. Now I think they just call it the music business. Now, going from radio into the music business is done today by a lot of the most likable people in the radio industry who are passionate also about music. This isn't The only thing that I mean when I say that today's guest has worked in both radio and the music business for record labels, okay? She is actually rare air in that she actually has shifted back and forth multiple times between radio and records and radio and records. Kind of interesting, right? Today, she is working both in radio and running her own full service radio, television, voiceover and imaging and commercial production company. That sounds like a lot, right? Do you know what that is? That's an ideal person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready? To enjoy our episodes, the only thing that you need is to be interested in others and grab some thoughts and wisdom from somebody else about how they're being successful in the radio business right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Listen, our difference is we help you treat your entire business programming and sales We are branding specialists who help our clients fully uh, develop the right position for their brand or brands, their local radio brand or brands in their local radio market. We coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates and even produce daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and more. It's unlikely you've worked with someone like RPC before because we treat your whole business and we work for you. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio, and we focus on helping our clients generate more revenue. Do you have a problem that gets in the way of your next level ratings or revenue? Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're just about a minute or less away from talking with Chris DiCarlo. She is with WIND-FM in Gainesville, Ocala, Florida. By the way, you can see our full guest calendar all the way into March 2023 on our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. Check it out and look for our uh, upcoming podcast guest or a podcast schedule. We don't lock away anything on our website that only some other consultants do. So go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you could get for free from our team. Chris, welcome yes. to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? I am wonderful and thank you for inviting me. I really feel honored. I was shocked when you reached out. 
Well, listen, it's such a joy because I've known about you and known of you for a long time for multiple reasons. But listen, we like to go back. We like to go way back with people on our podcast episodes. I first want to know, when did radio enter into your life? What happened to you? You know, I am really blessed that I live in a city that uh, birthed so many wonderful radio talents. And when I was little, little girl, KQV was downtown Pittsburgh on the corner of uh, of 7th and I believe Smithfield. And the, the studio was ground level and it was glass. It was a huge window and you could actually watch these wonderful DJs um, mm-hmm. do their shows. And I would right. beg my dad, please take me down there. And I, I didn't care. I would it would be freezing. And I would stand out there and hang on the little railing and just watch these guys do their shows. And it was I mean, I, I, you would have thought. Wait, wait, how old were you? Oh, like eight years old, nine years old, maybe. Oh, my. And I had this okay. little like my little winter coat and my hat and one of those little muffs that you would put your hands in. It would be freezing. And I would love to, I would go watch Jim Quinn and all of these, <laughs> these great guys. And I would be there time after time. And I would stand out there, you know, we would stand there and he'd say like, are you ready? Can we go now? I'm like, no, can we just stay a little longer? And one day Jim Quinn motioned through the window to walk around the side. And we walked around to the side of the building and this door flung open and there he was. It was like the Wizard of Oz came out from behind the curtain. I was blown away and he invited us in and I got my first look at what a radio, like what a radio station looked like. Sure. When I when I left there with my autographed headshot of Jim Quinn, I was like the coolest kid in school. I mean, really. Um, So that. I just couldn't believe that I got to see that. And after all that time and, and still to this day, when I pass that corner and I see where KQV used to be, it, I kind of get a chill, you know, and then eventually so, I worked in that building up up higher, you know, at DVE up on the seventh floor. But so, um, so listen, it's really interesting. You had what I call a swath of experience with the business. First, you were excited about it enough to get his attention. Yeah, I mean, right. I stood and they, yeah, and they always pretended like they they weren't looking because there were some weirdos who would come and stand outside yeah, that sure. window, like right. the late night jocks would always. Sometimes they would pull the curtains, but it was usually like a Sunday afternoon, and we would stand out there, and they would do their job. And he had that little horn that rested on his shoulder, and all the sound effects and everything. And you'd watch them cue up the records, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" But the day that he motioned to come around and come into the station, I thought I was going to die. I really did. So it was like it was, it was like radio magic, wasn't really, it? Really, really exciting. All right. So listen up. You went to the University of Pittsburgh. I want you to tell us about that period of time. And I, I really want you to close your eyes for a minute and imagine you at that age. You're no longer eight and enamored with radio. Or maybe you are not eight, but enamored. Yeah. Uh, but look, what did you learn when you were at the University of Pittsburgh? And what was your goal at that time? I didn't learn a thing. Um, I thought, what am am I doing here? Because, uh, you know, I thought it was the thing you had to do to go to school. But let's rewind to 10th grade when the guidance counselor said to me, 
you're you're going to be on the radio. <laughs> that's really that's cute. Um, she said oh. for every yeah she said for every five thousand people who want to be on the radio, maybe one actually gets there, and that person usually fails. She said, so why don't you get serious and pick something that you can actually make a living at? By so way, that's I, terrible. Oh, it's terrible. I ran First. into her some years later, and and you know, told her what I'd been doing. But um, yeah, I really don't think that I learned anything there that has helped me in my career, to be honest. I think you either... Well, you learned had, something in the guidance counselor's office. I learned is, in the guidance counselor's office, but as far as in school, nothing that helped me with my radio career, other than I was a psych major, so yeah, maybe I learned a little bit how to deal with crazy people, but that was pretty yes. much it, and I, I just wanted to move on and get this radio thing started because I thought I'm either going to go into some kind of medical field or I'm going to do this. And if I truly fail, like the guidance counselor says I will, um, then that's what I'll do. But I thought I'm not one to take failure easily. I think that, you know, to get into radio, you have to be willing in the beginning to work for nothing, to take a lot right. of abuse to work. You know, it was it was hard back then. It wasn't like you could pick and choose your shifts or, you know, radio stations had you know, how many part-timers and everybody would wait around to get the fill-in shifts. And it was hard to work your way up, especially Pittsburgh was a much bigger market back then. Hello. That's exactly right. Now, look, this surprised me about you when I did my research, because I did not know this. You started out as a rock talent in radio. Is that correct? I'm still a rock talent. Yeah. And that's where my heart <laughs> is. And that, that's where I've, that's where I've always been. You know, I started out, well, do you really want to know where I started out? This, this, this is a good story. OK, I started out as a board op 5 a.m. Sunday mornings. I would be the board op for a barbershop quartet show where the guys would sing for like a half an hour or something like that. And I would run the board. I didn't get to say a word, followed oh. by a Hispanic show called Hoy Domingo, which means oh. today is Sunday. They didn't speak nice. English. I didn't speak Spanish. And we communicated by hand signals at the end of their show. They would nod and leave until the following Sunday. And one day uh, I was for some reason in the radio station during the week. And um, I guess I was a really good uh, I guess my segues were so good <laughs> that they said to me one day, all right, OK, DiCarlo, you're on. I was like, I'm what? You're on. You sit in the air chair, you're on. Let's see what you can do. And they threw me on the air. And you know that no. radio nightmare, that nightmare of the song is ending, you don't have another one queued up? Oh, we all know it. Oh, that's not a nightmare. That's real. So oh, yeah, of course they, it is. Had, they had like the music library in the next room and I'm running back and forth and it was frantic. But I was so excited about it. And it was horrible. Uh -huh. I was horrible and excited but for some reason, they saw something in me, let me and let me hang around. Wasn't quite as exciting as Jim Quinn coming through the side door, but it was a pretty exciting moment. So from there, um, the YDD, WYDD in Pittsburgh was, you know, AOR at the time. And uh, the program director, Jack Robertson, who I love dearly to this day, he's retired now. And oh. he gave me my he gave me my first shot. And I did nice. overnights, then I did 10 to 2 at night, and then I eventually did afternoons. Um, and All right. He, so he listen, really at, some, at some point, your life changed a little bit. I want you to tell us about the flip from being a rock talent to WDSY, because that is not a rock station. No. What was, that, 
what was I that didn't... transition like for you? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know anything about country. Are you kidding? I knew nothing. And I needed a job. I learned real quick. And I thought, you know what? This will be a pit stop till I find something I like. And then mm -hmm. something really weird happened. I, I fell in love with the format because that was back when, you know, I mean, the... When when the format was built on stars rather than hit songs and, yes. you know, there were icons and I fell in love with all of that and the history of it. So I really enjoyed what I was doing there. So I stayed. I, I really overstayed my welcome. <laughs> well, wait, you didn't just stay there. You were the music director eventually and yeah. then assistant program director at WDSY, right? Right. I started out as production director in middays and then uh, I became, you know, MD and then APD was added to that. Cause you know, here in okay. Pittsburgh with after you couldn't be PD and on the air at the same time. So oh, nice. You know, so, was, so listen, I just want to point this out. You started not knowing anything, and then you ended up being a hillbilly music director and then an right. assistant program director. Well, this is going in a different direction than you thought. Oh, way different. I thought, you know, I'm going to be here a while. And I ended up staying a really long time. Well, and it sounds like you had a high passion for it. And I know this for a couple of different reasons, but I want to ask this. Why did you make the move to do artist promotion? Because. I as I loved the listeners at DSY, I loved what I was doing, but I felt like I hit a ceiling. I felt like, all right, I'm APD, MD. I can't be PD because you can't be PD and be on the air. And I didn't want to not be on the air. So I had to do something else. And, you know, um, I had made a lot of record label connections during my time as APD, MD, um, right. you know, and and back then. You, you know, you went to CRS every CRS year every and year. Mm -hmm. were around all these people. So, well, look, look, look. It, it, you originally start out with your guidance counselor going, yeah, listen, <laughs> uh, 5,000 people might try to get in radio and only one does. Then they're not successful, which, mm -hmm. of course, means that they they knew some of the things about radio, but did not know the truth. OK, well, she, right now. She didn't here's the, go ahead. No, in my opinion, she really didn't know anything about it because she was so completely wrong about everything. But possibly without her telling me I couldn't, maybe I wouldn't have. Because I think yeah, isn't that when interesting? When you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to prove that's you right. wrong. So, so, so listen, what we're talking about now, making a transition from radio to records, that's even more rare. Now, I say, you know, I can give you a bunch of examples of it. But not compared to the number of people in radio that don't make the transition. In other words, it's a much larger group that don't ever do that mm -hmm. than the people that do make that transition. Um, how do you compare working music for a label with working on music at radio? You know, it's it's kind of like trying to decide which of your dogs you love the most. You know, oh, both you like of them. Both. Both of them were terrific experiences. I learned a lot from a lot of really great people. I met wonderful people on both sides. I would say, though, radio is much easier than the label side. You know, radio, you go to work every day. You have label reps calling you. But you can choose to let those calls go to voicemail. I never did. I love talking to the label folks. But right. you really don't have to if you don't want to. But ultimately... The ball is in your court 
when uh, record labels are calling on you. Yes. Uh, when, you're on, when you're on the label side, you've got your quota to meet. It's stressful. It's Friday afternoon. It's four o'clock. Uh, your boss is saying, "How? what do you got for Monday? And people right. aren't calling you back. You you don't have your count for, for Monday. You've got to wait till Monday. So it's a pretty stressful weekend. And well, Chris, you know, I, I want to say this to you. You know, when I got into the business, especially being a programmer, when I first became a programmer, the people that I was around just schooled me. They said, these people in the the records industry, they are your enemy, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I was 23 years old. What do I know? You know, I'm like, oh, they're my enemy, you know? Okay. Well, to tell you how far I've taken that, you know, that I'm married to somebody. Married who, one, who, right, right. Right. Who is in the record promotion business. So here's what that gets you that most radio people don't see. They don't see the pressure in those jobs for being responsible for getting X number of ads every week. Right. You're only as good as the current week, too. You could That's have right. uh, you could have three times what you're expected this week. But if you come up with a goose egg next week, you're the idiot, you know. Yeah, so, it's all about what have you done for me lately, right? Which everybody in radio mm-hmm. is interested. They know that as well. But and then, incidentally, but they I was I too was told that the people on the record label side are your enemies. They just want to use you. They're only talking it's interesting, to you, right? But it's not that I did. Uh, hey, not everybody's great. You don't love every one of them, but I made some friends, and they're lifelong friends. And I and I appreciate uh, I appreciate them. Okay, so here's where your story gets really interesting. You seem to have kept one foot in radio and one foot in promotions for a good long stretch. You you don't really see the back and forth thing too much. I mean, I can I right now I could tell you two people and you're one of them. Do you just enjoy both that much? I do. It's like I like steak, but I don't want it every day. It's kind of like hanging out with that good friend who that you haven't seen in a while and you're so happy to see them. But then after a few days, they start to get on your nerves. You spent too much time together. So you go visit the other friend and after a while they start to annoy you too. So you, but you love them both and you kind of, Oh, I I see. So I, I can't do the same thing every day. I'm very easily bored doing the same thing for very long. All right. Let's take our shot here. For people who have only done radio, let's focus on that for a minute. Let's say programmers and music directors, what is a big misconception about records or music peeps or this, that job? What's a, what's something that they might go, I think it's this, but it's really not. Yeah, I think that most radio people, not all, but I was one of them, thought that label reps had the easiest jobs. It's like you, you get to travel all the time for free. Yeah. You get you have an yeah. expense account. You go to fancy restaurants. You party all the time. You, it, on the record side, you don't see it as a job because most radio people, they get up, they go to the radio station. They're there all day. If you want to get on a plane and go somewhere, then you're using PTO or vacation time. And so you they kind of see it as uh, a constant Adventure. vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not that it's work. I mean, you're out on the road and sometimes you're hitting three cities in one day. And sometimes and, you're doing multiple jobs at the same time. 
Well, yeah, you're out on a promo tour with a band. You, uh, the boss doesn't say, hey, you don't have to make your calls to radio this week or get any ads. Do you just go do your promo right. tour and you relax? We want you, no, get a good we want you to sleep. go out with this artist. We want yeah. you to do this concert tour. We want uh-huh. you to do this artist promotion. And we want you to make all your calls. And you better have the ads this week. Oh, yeah. And cover the shows. Uh, do all of that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, um, Blizzard, no problem. Get through it. Figure it out. You know? Um, so you really learn how to, you really learn how to multitask and it's, it's a dangerous job. I mean, you're driving a car, you've got a band in the van, you've got, um, you're trying to make phone calls. You've got your call sheet on the dashboard. It's, it's oh, really yeah. not a safe thing to do, but it's what you have to do. So, but you know, it's a, it's a juggling act. All right. So listen, we like to encourage here on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. One of the ways we do this is we talk about mentors. Do you have a mentor in radio? And then do you have a mentor in the music business? Just real quick, uh, tell us what each one of those might or might not be. Well, of course, Jim Quinn was the first influence because I was a child. Um, and and I hate to I hate to start mentioning people because there were so many great people. I don't want to leave anyone out that should be mentioned but if do you remember don cox ah right okay he is the one who actually told me i should get into radio i was a teenager he was doing an appearance at monroeville mall his he and his wife were there and we got to talking and you know after he heard what i had to say he said you know you should really do this and i said oh I would never be able to do that. And he said, he said his words, not mine. He said, any idiot with a big mouth can be on the air. So he basically said, Chris, you have a really big mouth and you're an idiot. So, you know, but you know, he was a natural talent and I think it was hard for him to understand that not everybody had spontaneous wit. Um, Scott Shannon is another one that, uh, you know, he's a, the guy is a great talent and he's so smart. He has survived this industry despite so many twists and turns. And I actually got to meet him. I had a, I was on a promo tour with an artist and we were in that building and I got to meet him. So, uh, you know, he, he actually gave me some tips when I was talking to him for a minute, I was kind of like, listen, listen, that guy, cares about this industry, cares about the passion of it. And you can tell that. Yeah. So listen, here's a quote about you. Okay. Quote: (laughs) Chris is one of the most personable, intelligent, tell it like it is people. I know Chris and her expertise runs a wide range. She knows music, marketing, promotions, electronic media. She knows how to build for the bottom line and achieve it and she's a people person she knows how to manage people get along with people motivate people to get the job done unquote so here's my question are you a mastery person in other words do you like to manage uh, or, or master things I'm a type A personality and a little bit of a control freak, but only because I care. There are certain things that, you know, how sometimes you take on a little too much because you feel like you can, you'll do it better. And I had to work on that a little bit because as long as it gets done and it gets done right, it doesn't have to be my way. And that was a lesson I had to learn. But, you know, I, I try to treat people exactly the way I would like to be treated. So even though uh, I like to oversee everything. I try not to be bossy. 
Um, oh, I love I love that you got all those conflicts happening. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's crazy, but like, I don't. But I, I also like to don't be like in charge. I like to be in charge, but, but I don't I don't want anybody to feel like I'm in their face. And right. I like to stick up for the underdog or somebody that I see who really wants to be in this business. I then go back in time and see myself being told I couldn't do it. So I try to encourage them and say, it doesn't matter um, what your odds seem to be. Just go do it. Like I have a lot of respect yeah. for people in high positions who don't try to make people do things that they wouldn't do themselves. That's true. So, so listen, check this out. Some people will hear this episode and they will want to do some of maybe what you've accomplished, either in radio or on the record side, or maybe voiceover, which we haven't even talked about yet. When you look back across your career now and you think about the work that you've done on the radio side, the work that you've done on the record side, what you've done in voice work, what advice would you give people? that have one of those desires? I would say it doesn't matter what you think the odds are. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do it. And don't be afraid to quit a job to go try something else. You are cheating yourself if you don't try things. I I kind of admire people who have been at the same gig for 30 years uh, oh. because it's hard to hang on to a gig for 30 years. But I think... Yeah. How boring is that? For me, it would be boring. For some people, it's like, you know, they take pride in that. And that's great. If that's their thing, great. But I think if, you, if you're if you afraid to to quit a job or take on a new adventure and go somewhere else, you're going to, I think you'll be sorry someday. There'll be, there'll be a time eventually when it's too late. And so mm. while that fire is still burning inside you, Go do it. If you if you think you want to be on the radio and you don't know if you can, it's not easy. Not everybody has the talent, but try it. And if you fail, you fail. But I'd rather fail at trying than never try at all. And, you know, you're afraid to suck at first. Everybody's afraid that they'll suck. Well, yeah, you're going to suck. You're going to be terrible at first. The best advice somebody gave me when I got into radio was shut up. They said, don't try to be a character. Just take it slow. Do the basics until you develop your own personality. And, you know, the sooner you start, the sooner you'll stop sucking and find your own way. And label with label work, too. It's really hard. But if that's your passion, go do it. If you fail, so what? Do something else. Yeah, that's so right. Well, listen, um, you know, I'm going to sneak this in, right? I, I, I got to do this. You started as a rock girl. OK, and I thought a long and hard before I decided I was going to say, rock girl because you know i don't want to get in trouble um <laughs> what is your favorite music today i kind of think from our conversation it might still be rock music i still love heavy metal i always will not the growly death metal but uh ronnie james dio acdc early metallica first four metallica albums iron maiden i also not really on the i wouldn't say metal but uh queen I always loved Queen, Freddie Mercury. There's almost none better. Um, the Steve Perry era of Journey um, and Tom Petty. And, you know, I've always liked Tom Petty a lot. But since working with Wind in Gainesville, um, where he's from, gosh, I, I, I there's so many things I didn't know about him. And I just he's one of my go to playlists now. But metal is my thing. Heavy metal is my thing. Really? It is. Okay, and I love it. And what's it like working for, I guess you call them wind, right? Wind, wind FM. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like? What, what is that like for you today? 
And well, I mean, just give us a little detail. Tomorrow is my seventh anniversary uh, tracking for them. And okay. I, I make it I make it sound live and local. That's my right. passion. I wouldn't do it because I know a lot of people are against voice tracking. And But if you do it right, if you're willing to do it right and do the research. So I know Gainesville probably better than I know my own hometown right now because I focus so much on it. But I love everybody there. They have been wonderful to me. And uh, I have a good time. I really have a good time. I just went down and visited them in the, you know, before the holidays. And, uh, you know, it's terrific. I love working with them. So seven years tomorrow. Yeah. Congratulations. What is the key, in your opinion, to being an excellent voice tracker? Because for me, the argument about, oh, you know, voice tracking is bad. Voice tracking is not bad. No, it's well, technology. it's bad if you make it bad. It's it's it, actually it, not good or bad. It's what you do with it. Right. I cringe when I hear radio people put down voice tracking because it is the present and it is the it future. Is. If you, you want to yes. survive, you better get good at it now. Um, if you want to pound your chest and say that live is the only way to go, then I I feel sorry for anybody who's doing that because eventually I don't think they're going to have jobs. I think the future is going to be everything, even if it's not voice track far in advance. You know, it may be that you voice track right before the show would run. But I think there's going to be well, a lot I mean, of look, that. All voice tracking is, is a different version of creativity using technology about casting Yes. A different time spell over what you're doing. Right? Well, if you're if you're willing to do the work and the show prep, there's no reason your tracks can't sound live and local and just as good, if not better, because you have a chance to. And I don't edit out every mistake. If I stumble over a word, I'm a human being. I leave it. Oh, well, I think people like that vulnerability. They yeah. want real. I do that. Yeah. And when I, when I screw up or if I have a sore throat and, you know, like, I mean, I did my show with COVID. That's. It's what you do. And you, you roll with it. If my my dogs, uh, my listeners know that my dogs and my cat are around me all the time. If they make a noise, then they're part of the show, too. And really? so it's it's oh, yeah, they they have a presence on the show, too. So, you know, you can you can half ass it and call just call your tracks in and do the basics or yep. you can you can cater to your client and wind fm is and, my and you know that's the key to having more clients that's the key to how well you service and do passionately create something for them that has value yeah that's why i don't do 10 stations and before this um the you know the company was sold to saga a couple of years ago but before that i was doing uh for six years i did their cumberland station too um but you know, radio has evolved. It doesn't even resemble the way it was when when I got into the business. But well, every does. generation, no, nothing. Every generation right. says the new generation sucks. But I think, you know, hey, I'm glad I got to live the vinyl turntables and cart machines and splicing blocks and learning it the hard way. I'm grateful I had to learn that first because oh, I think Lordy. it was a, a good You lesson. sound like you're about my age because <laughs> when you said splicing and all, I'm like, oh, I've been there, done that. Oh, bulk erasers and you know the oh yeah the scullies lock them in you know i'm remember yeah, if having you've only to been, if, look if you've only been in this business for 15 minutes you don't know no you're lost but you know remember having your production orders in the on the inbox and uh, I've, I've got 25 carts to dub you know and you would oh yeah try to record commercials directly on the cart but you know i remember all that and but it i think it builds character 
Yes, it does. As as it builds character now for people to do voice tracking in multiple markets, uh, as it does for people who are challenged in our business in a variety of ways, you know, challenges are not necessarily bad for you. No. Challenges are what makes you battle hardened, makes you have experience. And they say this all the time. Experience is the world's greatest teacher. It ought to be cost the much cost the most. Now, yes. now listen. I want to know, are you good at social media? And while I'm asking that question, you know, look, our business has changed. Like you're saying, when you give people advice about our industry, do you talk about master video, master presentation, master doing something creative and influential in social media? Do you do those things with people? I yeah, I think I I don't do you mean with clients? Well, no, I mean, um, with people oh, who with advice? might ask you about getting in the business. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it, it's in, not like it was when you and I first started. No, it is different in order to be visible. I mean, you ha you have to have that presence personally. I hate it because it takes up so much time <laughs> and I'm, I'm busy. I don't ha I don't always have the time to do as much of it as I want to. But right. I make sure I do something every day. Um, I just wish that. It didn't. Uh, when I when I look at my screen time and I think I can't put five and six hours into social media every day because then my voice tracks are going to suffer something. You know, you take a little bit off of this end and you give it to that end. Something's going to suffer. So I will not do it at the expense of the quality of my work, but I make sure there's always something there. But I Very wish good. I could do more. I would love to do, you know, put together these um, slick videos and, and I can do that. I know how to do it, but it mm -hmm. takes up it takes up a lot of time. So right. you need more. All right. Paper. So, look, we've touched on this a little bit, but I always like to save our last question for this kind of thing. OK, nobody knows the future. But finally, how do you see the future of the radio business? Where are we going? I think we're going, we're, it's just going to continue with um, remote. Uh, I think every, anybody who can build a studio in their house should, because mm -hmm. I think, I think that opens up a ton of opportunities that you wouldn't have. If you're just relying on going into a radio station every day, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you see morning shows are pretty safe right now, but uh, I think it's really important to have your home set up. I started in a, in a walk-in closet in a bedroom with a little table, a laptop, and a microphone. And then I built, my studio's beautiful now, but it took me, I started building it in 2002. So, uh, you know, I, I went little by little. Um, but I think it's really important. And I think that, you know, to think that radio is going to go back to being all live is not going to happen. Um, and I see the, you know, the larger companies trying to get as many employees to voice track as many shows as possible, um, which I don't like to see because I think the quality, uh, you can't possibly um, do multiple If you markets. do 35 stations, there's no way that right. you're putting quality on the air. Okay. Right. So listen, yeah. I will say this to you, two things that may sound like a conflict, but I don't think they are. Number one, I don't think it's been safe since at least before Christopher Columbus. <laughs> uh, so I'm of that variety. You know, safety is not part of being an adult. That's why they call it adulting. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, news for me 
and somebody mm-hmm. like me is not good or bad. It's just the news. Right. It's what you do with it. Chris, you are a joy to talk to. I see why uh, you have that competitive edge that I hear in your voice. You have that command of wanting to be in control, but you have learned a lot of wisdom over the years about how it's not telling people exactly you have to do it this way, but it's about getting the job accomplished. And it certainly is a joy to talk to you as our guest today. I want to thank you for being on with us here. And I thank you for having me. Uh, it, It was wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much. Listen, get more free resources to help your radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside our free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. And yes, that does include your sellers. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large and growing archive. We have almost 100 episodes you can listen to. And then, of course, you get our new episodes every week. And I guarantee you that you will be encouraged. I know this with great confidence because you will learn unexpected and valuable things. Why? Because we have a great guest every single week and you will learn from them. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, you can email me directly, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Look, like we like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and here on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you want to know what I mean by that, call me anytime. I'd be glad to share it with you. We want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode, Chris DiCarlo, and you can hear her on Wind FM in Gainesville, Ocala, Florida. Uh, anytime. And of course, we want to thank her for being our patient and giving guest. Our very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available shortly. This episode, along with all the others on demand anytime for you 24-7. And we would like to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and in radio. Subscribe for free. You can tell them on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere that they get their podcast. If you don't remember anything from this episode, please remember this. Be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. And good night.